Welcome to another episode of the Space for Dallas podcast. This is Dallas. Oh, it is uh, 8.30 Sunday, 10.30. Going to finish this by 11. And uh, man, I should uh, I should be more diligent. I should actually film these ahead of time because if I did that, I could, you know, if I filmed it like on Saturday night and then put it out for Sunday morning, I won't need to do this 10.30 on a Sunday night when I have work. Uh, tomorrow in the morning, but uh, I might not be working that job much longer, so we'll see. We'll see. Nothing will be, let's just say this, uh, nothing certain for sure, but uh, if it happens, I won't be leaving till the beginning of October, so it's, uh, it's a nice, it's a bit of time. It's a month, you know, to see how things turn out, see where we are, see what uh, happens, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll take a look at everything, man. But uh, but enough about me, guys. Enough about me. Uh, what about you? How are you guys doing? You holding up? You doing all right? You doing okay? I uh, I actually I just got back from my uh, my good friend Eric. Good friend Eric. He's uh, he's always a a good guy to talk to. Easy to talk to. We always sort of uh, we always end up uh, talking about I, I feel like the same things: uh, diet, exercise, and uh, our mental health. <laughs> that is, diet, exercise, and panic attacks. Hey, oh, what's happening? Uh, yeah, dude, just, I don't know, just a little bit of general mental health, a little pseudo philosophy, psychology, uh, at work here. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The thing is, you know, I, I feel like everyone should have a, a sort of a good friend like Eric, where you can sort of just jump into conversation with somebody about anything too, you know, and, uh, and you're not sort of afraid to talk about the heavy stuff, you know, talking about the heavy stuff. That's some of the best stuff to talk about with some of these guys. So you know, everyone needs, uh, needs that in their life, you know, someone is just, you know, and, and, you know, the, the, what I'm, what I'm learning is, uh, I can't come, uh, trying, uh, to find the solution. I can't do that. I'm not that kind of guy. You know, I, I can, you know, I can tell you something that might work, but I, uh, I can't, I, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna try to solution hunt, you know, these conversations. I have to realize some people are looking for advice, uh, to how to solve a problem. Some people are just looking for consolement. Just, I want to share what I'm feeling and, you know, connect with someone over this and we can sort of, you know, just, just, I can sort of listen, lend an ear and, you know, if, if, if they need advice, I can give it, but if they just want someone to just sort of console them, I can console them. So consolement, you know, that, by the way, that is a real skill right there. Don't worry the difference between when to give advice and when to you know, offer someone consolement, that is, uh, that is God, if he can figure that out, you know, if there's a, you know, if do we, do we have science on that? Do we have the scientists uh, working on that? The scientists, no mathematicians, please. They wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to figure it out. But, uh, yeah, man, because, uh, what was it? We were just sort of talking about sort of, you know, where you are in your life, what we're doing, you know, how things are going, talking about, uh, you know, he was talking about, uh, you know, he's, he's been having a little bit of anxiety, you know, and it's a stressful time, but, uh, uh you know, uh, you know, work's going good, you know, relationships, you know, I'm single, so I'd, I'd like to find somebody I feel like, you know, that, you know, a partner can always sort of provide a, a form of, uh, you know, a, a form of refuge, a form of relief, a form of support, uh, you know, a, a life partner, right, uh, you know, someone to, you know, a, a committed relationships, there's a lot of, of positive benefit to that. doesn't have that right now. 
uh, that doesn't, you know, he's Wiccan, but that's that's sort of not the source of the panic attack or the, I I shouldn't call them panic attacks. He's not like sitting on his bed freaking out. I can't breathe. You know, my heart rate's through the roof. I can't breathe. His mind just tends to race at night right before you fall asleep. And you know, he ends up, you know, you can fixate on something. Or he he described it a different uh, interesting way. He said. Uh, if my mind is a deck of cards, I'm like flipping a card, I'm staring at it, and as soon as I manage to sort of toss that one card away, I'm flipped another card, you know, so uh, a little bit of fixation. But, uh, but you know, who, I because, and, and, and I, I say that having gone through all this stuff myself, I've, I've done it all, you know, I've done that whole, fi- you know, all this stuff, right? You know, it's, it's all, uh, you know, this is part of living, part of life, you know, as you sort of figure things out, you know, maybe this is sort of part of the larger process you know if if there is a process who even knows if there's a process to it all this is this is just a lot of sort of self-discovery just kind of trying to figure it out and uh you know uh can't say we we did have a a a little bit of a sort of a i guess a pseudo psychological philosophical conversation about uh you know i guess not really like, oh, do you know what your values are? But really, like, your passions. Like, what do you want to do in life, you know? That's the thing about human beings is... The funny thing about work is if, if you can specialize in one area, you can be actually very, very successful in that area. But if you... Uh, but human human beings aren't specialists, you know? We're, we're, we tend to just be creatures with many different interests because, you know, there's layers to people. You know, we exist on many different levels, we uh, were interested in a multitude of things, you know. If a if a human being was like a, like a, uh, do you guys know the uh, like uh, like the tic tac toe chart, you know? And if if our interests are supposed to like fit into those little tic tac toe boxes, uh, a human being, you know, his interests would just sort of bleed over in all the other boxes. You know, it it would be very hard to compartmentalize all that stuff. Some people can. But most people, you know, all that stuff sort of bleeds over and, and you sort of have this nice ooey gooey, you know, I'm imagining my in my head, it's sort of like this kind of uh, pink blue, uh, it's sort of this pink blue sort of mixed together color that uh, has a consistency of caramel, this sort of uh, gooiness, which is supposed to represent sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know, passions and and interests and, uh, you know, and, and your values and, you know, relationships and shared experiences, this, this <laughs> pinky bluish, you know, one more pink, one more, forget the blue, like a, like a warm pinkish caramel, uh, consistency kind of goo that just bleeds into all these other boxes that sort of partially, uh, fill them and, uh, it's from that goo you get uh, the building blocks of life, you know, hey, the building blocks of a human being, you know, we're not all, you know, we're not all boxes, you know, we're not robots, right? You know, it's not like I like to do this and nothing else, you know, I like to do this one very specific thing, you know, with only one other person, like, no, it's like, I'd like to do this one thing with this guy. But, you know, if this other guy wants to tag along, you know, if this guy wants to show me something that's also very interesting, I'll bring another guy. You know, you share things. It's all his life. Experience, you know, just a, it's just a, it's all a, a big, uh, you know, it's a melting pot. Can't even say melting pot anymore. I feel like if you say America's a melting pot, there's someone's going to be like, you're racist. Like, what do they, what, what do they say? God, is that racist now saying, you know, melting pot? God, all right. You know what? 
I feel like it. I feel I'm going to Google that right now. I'm going to Google that and I'm going to get to the bottom of that. Melting pot racist. Uh, now the words melting pot are racist. Okay, yeah. See, I knew it. I knew it. Freedom Outpost. Oh, freedomoutpost.com. Can I really? This was written back in 2015. Oh, my. <sighs> was, it, was it racist all the way back in 2015? I've just been using it all the time. Man, all right. Maybe, uh, all right. Uh, wow. That's, uh, listen, here's an episode of, uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of, uh, Way Too Late with Dallas. Uh, I just figured out the words a melting pot are now racist, apparently. Ah, uh, man. Uh, a lot of articles from 2015. This was all, of course, you know, after the election. They're not really after the election. That's like a, after the midterm elections. When was this written? All in December 2015. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what happened in December 2015 that prompted the writing of this uh, this article. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at an Al Jazeera article now. Al Jazeera instead of the uh, Freedom Outpost. Freedom, don't tread on us. Uh, yeah, you got Al Jazeera opinion. Hmm. 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 The melting pot is boiling. Racism in the U.S. Oh, okay, so this isn't a. This isn't uh, okay. So they don't. They don't mention. All right. So you know what I've determined from uh, those two articles uh, saying the words melting pot are not racist. Uh, but to verify, I will need to uh, to speak to someone who's in charge of the the racism organization. The uh, the person in charge of uh, <laughs> Can I can I get the head of racism, please? I like to call the uh, CEO and president of uh, Racism Incorporated, and I just have to double check: is melting pot racist? Is that racist? Can we get a list of racial things to say? <laughs> That's the thing, man. Is uh, you know, it's I don't know. I don't want to speak too much on social issues, but you know, people just you know, it just come like all of us. You know, you just I I don't even know how this how like. We all, like, know, like, old-school, traditional, classical. I guess we'd call it classical racism. We all sort of know. We can recognize that. We can see that. But now there's, like, this sort of new-age racism that, like, uh, it's, it's like, uh, what is it all about? What does it all mean, you know? I, I don't know. You know, like, I mean, I, I, I don't understand. You know, there, there's a lot of uh, stuff in it where maybe, hey, you know, is that racist? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's kind of crazy, man. It's, uh, yeah. Like that new age belief about star people. Have you guys read, uh, heard about that? Uh, star people. I'm a star screen myself. Hey, Decepticon reference. Autobots. Robots in disguise. Will they ever beat the Decepticons? <laughs> like, are they still fighting the? It's they've been fighting the Decepticons since the seventies. When is it gonna be over? <laughs> Optimus Prime, <laughs> we have to find the Allspark. <laughs> it's been in your chest the whole time. What? <laughs> Throw the Allspark into the fire, Frodo. <laughs> Like, what is the AllSpark? Is this supposed to bring machines to life, right? Wasn't that the point of the AllSpark? Bring this car to life. 
and treat it to respect life, such is the way of the Autobots. <laughs> uh, star people. Uh, star people. Alien-human hybrids. Hey, man, I might be a star person. Star people, also known as star seeds and sometimes indigo children. Ooh, <laughs> I'm an indigo child, baby, is a concept from ancient cultures of the world fringe theory introduced by Brad Steger in his book, in his 1976 book, Gods of Aquarius. I'm I'm an Aquarius, so maybe I should I should check that book out. Uh, sorry, Al Jazeera article. I'm going to look up this uh, Star Age belief thing instead. Uh, Gods of Aquarius, UFOs and the Transformation of Man. What is this book about? And no information. Goodreads.com provides no information. But hey, that's either a really, really good book or uh, all it says is please contact me to know shipping costs. Hey, <laughs> that's how you know this guy. He's like, listen, man, if you want to know, dude, you got to open it up and read it. I ain't giving you a rundown. I ain't giving you some sort of abstract, man. You got to <laughs> read it to believe it yourself. All right. Make your own decisions. <laughs> Ooh, dude, it's kind of secret, man. That's kind of cool. It's kind of old. It's got that kind of old school, yeah, secretness behind it. God, what is this book about? Yeah, even on Amazon, I don't see a description. It just says book by Brad Steaker. What is this book about? <laughs> I guess about star people, about an indigo child. Gods of Aquarius. This apparently was a rock concert back in the 90s, uh, 80s, 80s too. Man, the, uh, oh, all right, let me, let me, let me check out this star children. Let me check out this indigo people, this indigo baby here. Check out this purple baby. What are you, Grimace? <laughs> purple baby Grimace here. Let's see. <laughs> if you had a baby that looked like Grimace, yeah, you know that baby was touched by an alien. <laughs> that baby, <laughs> not an alien baby, dude. <laughs> What's that Grimace looking? It only eats cheeseburgers too. This is an alien. <laughs> It thrives only on cheeseburgers. Hmm. Uh, no scientific studies give credibility to the existence of indigo children or their traits. A Some parents choose to label their children who have been diagnosed with a learning disability as an indigo child. <laughs> Whoa. Literally parents who don't... <laughs> parents choose to label their children who have been diagnosed with learning disabilities as an indigo child yeah this kid uh he uh <laughs> this doctor's like you know your son i believe has a learning disorder and you're like oh no he's an indigo child <laughs> doctor's like what does that what does that mean and parents like hey uh means uh you know he's a i think he's he's an alien human hybrid i was like <laughs> doctor's like mm, no i don't I think this he suffers from a serious learning disorder, and I don't think you're helping. <laughs> Bear's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is the mainstream, man. This is the truth, dude. <laughs> I've seen it, bro. The alien came in at night. It was crazy. <laughs> he's, an he's an alien, dude. That's why he keeps trying to put circles and square holes, bro. He's an alien. <laughs> it's, oh, my God. I'm like, no, you're just... 
<laughs> you're just you're just having a, a someone you know really uh, <laughs> you're just gonna force this child who has this learning disorder to just suffer through the rest of his life instead of getting the proper help he needs. You can diagnose that too. What is a learning disorder? It's like uh, uh, yeah, difficulty learning. I feel like that's me. Uh, uh, difficulties such as dyslexia. Oh, okay, yeah, dyslexia. Oh, yeah, okay, the words switch in your head and stuff like that. All right. Man, but even dyslexia, that's so weird when you're reading. The the letters will switch around on you. That's that's fascinating to me. I, how does that even happen? I mean, you probably don't even know. It's just like, hey, sorry, it just kind of happens. Yeah, difficulties with languages. Yeah, if you have dyslexia, yeah, I could see that. Difficulties with numbers, yeah, that makes sense. You know, Charles has 400 watermelons, and Michael has, you know, 35. Multiply and subtract them. And <laughs> a guy with dyslexia looks at it, it's like, what? How many bananas are we dealing with? <laughs> Man. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of people with a learning disorder, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I shouldn't say that. I was watching a Million Dollar Beach House on... Uh, Netflix, man, million dollar beach house. Those are people who clearly, uh, a couple of them have really just been dropped into the role of being a real estate broker in the Hamptons in New York City, trying to sell $40 million apartments. And they don't really have any reason to be selling. Like you think, okay, I'm getting a broker. He's going to sell me like a $35 million house. You better know a lot about this house and that. And there are some brokers that are like, listen, man, I just got hired last week and I know nothing, dude. I, They are not that savvy. Sometimes they don't even have a lot of great like people skills. Like this one lady there, uh, she's trying to sell her beach house, a smaller house, $6 million, right? So they, you know, so she, she has this house and she wants, you know, she's been living in it for like 20 years. But, you know, she's moving. So they're like, all right, well, she wanted to, like, stage the house with all of her original furniture. And they're like, lady, like, <laughs> no, we're not going to – we're just – we're going to stage this to make this look nice and to open this up. And we can't have your 20-year-old furniture sitting inside this like your old Buddha Buddha doll from, like, the 1980s. Uh, like sitting in the middle of this room when we're going to bring people in here to look through this house. You're not going to live here anymore. This is your stuff anyway. Get the stuff out of here. Like, do oh man, yeah, so they completely redesigned it. It looks great. You know, it's all sort of like modern, right? The homeowner comes, you know, to the open house. They're they're throwing like a, like a little party, right? Just to get people in through the door and stuff. And, uh... <laughs> The owner's like totally pissed. She's like so pissed off with how it looks. She's like, this isn't how I designed it. Yeah, I know. Also, I didn't know if you knew this, you're moving away. <laughs> like you're not, you don't live here, lady. Like you, you don't want to live here. You know, who who cares what the interior de design is, you know, when you've when you've left? It's it's done now. I guess though, if you've sort of built that house up and you've, you know, you've sunk in six million dollars to have this dream built, you kind of you know, I want someone to, you know, stay true to my vision, stay true to, you know, what I have planned, you know, what I see for it. But 
also, buddy, that's that's your vision, man. That's just what you think, you know. You, you gotta, you know, you're selling it, right? Be be open to a different point of view. And <laughs> she's so mad, and the uh, the sort of the the broker guy sort of like takes her way upstairs, have like a little chat with her, and then she sees um. So they're in this bedroom, right? And the bed sits really well. And all of a sudden, she starts saying like, "Man, how is this? How is this? You know, how is this new person gonna come home?" And, uh, you know, bring people back into the house. And, you know, how's he going to bang on the bed if it's so low? And the and bro, the broker's such an idiot. That guy's like, oh, like this. See, I'll get on my knees. And then, you know, the, you, you know like, like this, right? And it's like, no, that's not the point. <laughs> Dude, read the room. She's just pissed off that it looks like this. And you just have to tell her, like, listen, I like you don't need a like. She's not she's not really that curious what it looks like. <laughs> like, uh, like she's she's not really that worried. What she's really worried about is like, you know, I don't, what she's really saying is I don't like the way this looks at all. And that she's going to be like, listen, you know, what was her name? Patty? <laughs> listen, calm down, Patty. I know you don't like the way it looks. Uh, here's another alert. You're also leaving. So, you know, we're just state, by the way, it's just staging. This is just the way it, we're just having it look nice and modern. It's such an example. This is a model. You know, it's not going to stay like this. You know, you think that table's going to stay there for the next 20 years? Calm down. It's just, you know, it's in the words themselves, staging, just just to stage it up, make it look, make it look, you know, just make it look nice. It's not, it doesn't mean it's going to actually look like that. And, uh, man, yeah, some of these realtors, they are not, yeah, they, they, and that, should go, that just goes to show sometimes, I guess, this right time, right place you know, you were just in a spot or you just applied, you got in and then you just kind of, you just kind of learn as you go, you know, you're just kind of figuring out as you, know, you just fig yeah, I mean, you know, just, you just, I don't know, this, I guess it got some guy starts a company, you know, people want to sell their homes. They're like, Hey, this is a realtor company. They look good. You know, we'll just go through them. And <laughs> these realtors, the point, they don't have like, I'm, th I'm thinking watching the show, these guys must have really deep in-depth knowledge you know of the real of the real estate business the real estate markets uh homes you know certain knowledge about you know certain finishes certain styles you know certain i guess you know they work with interior designers have certain staging techniques you know they know the sort of look and how they want to present it you know they, they have like a really sort of deep well of knowledge of this not the case they kind of oh yeah i just got into this i used to be in the finance world i I've lived in a house, so, you know, I'm going to see if I can sell a $6 million house. I think this house is worth $35 million. Really? That's $15 million over every other house in this area. That is a lot of money. And he's like, well, you know, it's it's like a Picasso, right? It's what you're willing to pay. Like, that. what the... What are you, an idiot? That's not how this works. <laughs> you, see, you know, there's a... You can actually... There are formulas online for this, like... You don't pick a number out of the sky. <laughs> God, that guy. Really, uh, man. Some of these, uh, some of these, you know, it's if my thing is, uh, if you're a cocky guy and you can back it up because you're that good, it's like, all right, he deserves to be a little cocky, I guess. And probably I was misinterpreting sort of his assurance and confidence as cockiness, you know. But, dude, if you're cocky and you don't, like, and you can't bring it at all, you know, you just kind of get defensive and, like, you know, you just kind of th throw up some walls, you know, and just try to like, be like, well, you know, listen, man, I, I don't really agree with that. I don't, 
really know about, you know, the art in the home or how the solar panels are or even how the solar panels work. Like, bro, you gotta, you gotta know this, man. Like, this is your job. Like, dude, yeah. Then that's just like, all right, you're just, you know, you're just arrogant. It's all, you think you're better than you think you are. But, uh, speaking of, uh, thinking you're better than you think you are, uh, (laughs) my dad, uh, no, uh, what is it? I got a, I got a new bike, new bike. Finally. Thank goodness. I got this bike. It was so much fun to get back out on the trail again. I wasn't doing it too serious. Didn't get dressed up in the full on uh, kit or anything, but, uh, specialized Roubaix comp, man. I got the blue gray with the Alpine, uh, the Alpine, not the logo, I guess the pattern. It's hard to sort of see though, because, uh, the, uh, it's basically a gray body with a sort of a blue highlight, um, diagonal highlight that goes through the top tube, a uh, little bit of the, uh, I guess the, the, the top tube of the bike, the head tube, and then the top of the fork. So it's basically a, a gray bike with a diagonal, uh, like a bright, like a, like someone like someone drew this bike and then took a paintbrush and then a, a bright blue paintbrush and just painted you know, that sort of top third of the bike, that top third of the bike angled up and to the right. So it looks nice. The only thing is they try to do like this Rocky Mountain sort of, I guess I, they call it Alpine Blue. So I'm guessing it's like some Alpine Mountain Range pattern. The only thing is because the, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's not very wide, you know, so you can't really get a lot of detail in. So it kind of looks like a scraggly line. <laughs> across the the bike unless you like really sort of take a look in and see it um because there's just not a lot of surface area there you know it's not a canvas where you have this you know 18 by 20 foot canvas and you can paint a beautiful mountain range you have like you know what an inch to like make this blue and gray section and make that gray section look like an like an like a mountain range like it's kind of it's kind of tough to like there's just not a lot you can do in a space that small so Ah, but anyway, but dude, the thing is, if you know, you know, you know, I mean, that's one of the things too, that kind of really dig about it. Like if you know, dude, if you know what it's supposed to look like, you know, but if you don't know, that's fine, man. That's fine. You just don't know, but I know, dude. And uh, if you don't, dude, that's, uh, that's on you, man. That's, uh, that's on you. A lot of people are like, oh, that's just a bad paint job. I don't know, man. To the untrained eye, it is. If you don't know, dude, you know, but I know, so you know, and of course, <laughs> and they might just be like, this guy's just cocky. There's nothing behind this. He's just saying that. <laughs> and then like, I show it to him and they're like, I don't see it, man. It just looks like shit. <laughs> like, well, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Get out of here. Let me ride my bike. <laughs> I just want to ride my bike. Oh yeah. Went riding uh, today with my dad. Actually, I was on the uh, man powered bike. He was on the electric assist bike. And even on the electric, what I, what, what I got to do is I got to take him He's got to ride that bike without the electric assist because when he was riding it with, he said he didn't feel it. So I got to turn it off for him. We got to ride when it's off. He gets sort of, or when it's very, very low, and then he can sort of feel that and then, you know, turn it on and then he'll know, oh, that's, yeah, that's it. Because I had it on max from the start and he really didn't feel it at all. He, uh, that's what he said at least. He, uh, I don't think he could tell. So we got to ride again, but with this time, the bike will have to be off. And then we ride, and then, you know, then when we turn it on, then he'll know. 
then he was like, it's got, it's got, I, I need a boost, you know, when we hit the hill so I can get up or, you know, he wants like a throttle on it so he can sort of, you know, get speed without, you know, putting any work in. But that's, that's explicitly why I got this bike though. Cause it, you, you won't, you, it doesn't have that. You need to put in work to get the benefit and it's, you know, and if the hill is very, very steep and if it's difficult, that's because it is. It'll be a lot harder without it. I go up the hill without it. And, uh, you know, oh, man, even my dad, when he, when he walks down the hill to get the mail, because no one has a mailbox. No one has mailboxes in front of their homes anymore. No one has a mailbox. No, I've never seen, like, a post office worker actually drive up to the house and put the letters through the door. No one does that. It, it's all in, like, a separate unit you know, down at the bottom of the of the hill where everyone goes and they, you know, and they pick up their mail all from there and then they walk back up. Like it's all, you know, it's, it, no one gets mail in front of their house anymore. I, I don't know why. It's all in like some sort of, you know, walk box situation. It's for security. Um, if you just, if you just, you know, can I just have my own mailbox from my house? Like, anyway, but you know, Anybody could put a letter in it. Yeah, like me. Like, I could put a letter that I want mailed out, all right? <laughs> uh, but what if someone steals your mail-in ballot? Like, no one steals those things. <laughs> the rates are so... It was like 7 out of 20 million last year. 7. <laughs> Stealing your mail-in ballot. Here we go. Getting political. What's going to happen? I will say this. I do like the way Washington State does our mail-in ballot, so we... uh. We have a ballot box. People come. They drop it in the box. A guy got comes. He picks it up. It's just ballots. There's no other, like, electric bill. There's no other, like, TV, movie subscription, whatever, whatever is in the mail. Your Amazon package, not there. Go to the box, just ballots. Pick it up. Take it to the counting center. They, you know, open, count the ballots, put it in the system. It's all registered. You know, it's all being kept track of. Boom, they got it. Oh, and it is 11 o'clock. Man, oh, man, another episode of the Space with Dallas podcast. Listen, I appreciate uh, all my listeners for listening, uh, especially my ones from Denmark. Uh, I'll see about coming out there one of these days when uh, COVID is over. If you're a Danish listener, how about this? Send me an email if you are so I know you exist, so I know I'm not just, like, talking to someone who has a VPN or uh, yeah, some guy who's aggressively listening to my videos, my podcast episodes all through a VPN. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, guys, uh, thanks again for listening. This is Dallas.